music. Dear, dear, stop music. Dear, dear, stop music. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Braindrop Podcast, a show all about puzzles, riddles, mysteries, and games. I'm your host, Brian Hobbs. In this Infinity Plus One episode, I've got solutions to the puzzles from last time, a few more tidbits on Infinity, and some extra puzzles. Solution One. (laughs) Queen of Smarts. In this puzzle, Alice visited the Queen of Diamonds forever birthday party, where the White Rabbit was attempting to divide an infinite-tiered cake evenly among the four queens. Each tier had a red square painted on it, such that the square touched all four sides, and the circular tiers themselves were stacked such that they just touched all four sides of the square on the tier below. So the white rabbit was cutting each tier one at a time into fourths, and was planning to do this for infinity and beyond. But Alice realized that you could make one finite cut and divide whatever was left into fourths. How do you do it? So to understand uh, what is even going on here requires a little bit of geometry. And boy, geometry is a fun thing to describe in an audio format. (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking. No, it's okay. Basically, to give you a 2D version, imagine a circle. Then fit a square inside the circle so that its corners touch. Then fit the biggest circle you can inside that square. So the big circle is twice the area of the smaller circle. And you can solve that pretty simply if you've done geometry recently enough to remember two formulas, pi r squared, area of a circle, and the diagonal of a square is equal to the length of the side of the square times the square root of two. So you can draw that out and figure it out on your own if you want to, or just smile and nod and agree with me. So if the smaller circle is half the bigger circle, Let's take it into the three dimensions. Since each tier is the same height, the volume of each tier will be half of the volume of the tier below it. So then, okay, what's going on? Well, I basically created Zeno's Paradox, but with cake. The bottom tier is whatever volume, and the next tier is half of that, then half of that, and so on, to infinity. So in the episode, I talked about cutting a pizza in half over and over for infinity, and it would still just sum up to one pizza. So this infinite tiered cake I described might have infinite tiers, but it's actually just a finite amount of cake. So it turns out that every tier is the same volume as all of the cake above it. Because uh, let's say the bottom one is whatever, one cubic meter. Then the one above it is a half cubic meter The one above that is a fourth, so a half plus a fourth plus an eighth plus a sixteenth plus a thirty-second all the way on to infinity would add up to one. So all you would need to do to divide it all into fourths is to divide the bottom tier in half, give each half to two of the queens, then take the next tier and give all of that to the third queen, and then give the rest of the infinite tiers to the fourth queen, and each set will be the same volume. So this was solved by Russ from Wiltshire, England, who provided the only fully correct answer this week, so 
<laughs> some trickier ones this time around. Now, of course, two things that, you know, I don't take into account in this puzzle, for those who like to think through all the flaws, is that A, the cake to icing ratio would be very different. So the fourth queen would probably have gotten a lot more icing, just in general, which is either a really good thing or a really bad thing, depending on your preferences. But the bigger problem, I guess, is that matter isn't infinitely divisible. So I don't know what a cake tier that's one plank length in diameter would taste like. But, hey, this is Wonderland, and I talked about a rabbit cutting an infinite cake, so we can just chill, right? I think we might be stuck in an infinite time loop. <coughs> Solution 2 Where Infinity Ends So this was the infinite book of numbers that was basically an infinite list of all the integers spelled out in English. And although infinite, it had both a beginning and an end, you were to figure out the first two numbers and the last two numbers. So there were multiple guesses, but no one managed to send in all four correct, so we'll take it one at a time. The first number spelled out in the book would be 8. There's nothing before that in the alphabet. And once you get to a certain point in the numbers, right, you'll always be starting your numbers with 1 through 9, so you don't need to keep checking higher and higher. Shannon from Virginia sent in this correct answer, as did Josh from Vermont and Russ from Wiltshire, England. I'll skip to the last number. The last number is zero. That's the only Z number. So Shannon and Josh both got this one. So first and last are eight and zero. The second is a little harder, but it builds on the eight. So the second number would be eight billion. And Josh and Russ got this one. Now, the second to last is a little trickier still, and it's 2 trillion, 2,202. Nobody got this one, but there were close guesses. People guessed in the two trillions and knew that there were probably other twos in there somewhere, but, but yeah, one mistake would be to put in the 200 too early, like 2 trillion, 222,000. Because putting the 100 there, which starts with an H, means it would be listed earlier than, say, just 2 trillion 2,000. The other mistake uh, was to not list the 100 at all, because 2,002 would come earlier than 2,202. So there you go. A couple of additional notes on this one. So the original puzzle by Hugh Hunt stopped at the quadrillions. I expanded it to quintillions for... Uh, no particular reason. But the names of large numbers, they continue on to sextillion, septillion, octillion, nonillion, and so forth. The highest illion in that uh, consecutive sequence that I'm aware of is vigintillion, which is one followed by 63 zeros. And then from there you jump to Google, which is one followed by 100 zeros. And then kind of wedged in there after that is centillion, which is one with... 303 zeros and finally googleplex which is an absurd one followed by google zeros but you know as we remember a googleplex isn't almost infinity it's not even a blip on infinity's radar but if you included all those number names that we currently have in english the first number would still be eight the second still eight billion and the last still zero the one that would change would be the second to last. And uh, 
it would become two vigintillion, two undecillion, two trillion, two thousand, two hundred and two. Undecillion is one with 36 zeros after it. So that's partly why we stopped it early, so that you wouldn't have to go Google searching for the answer. One other thing with this puzzle, I talked about, you know, in the actual setup of the puzzle, I talked about the Infinity Museum that was past the lobby of Hilbert's Grand Hotel. And maybe you were like, I don't even have any idea what that means. Well, the Infinity Museum was something I just kind of made up. But the, the hotel is a thought experiment about infinity that I had intended to include in the previous episode, but it didn't make it. So it just became a random reference that only some people got. So I'll just tell you quickly what it's about. Hilbert's Grand Hotel, named after mathematician David Hilbert, is a hotel with infinite rooms and an infinite electric bill. That's not really part of this, but, you know, when you're a bill-paying adult, you can't help but think of those things. So, infinite rooms, which you might think is a bit optimistic in terms of a business plan, but lo and behold, the rooms are all filled up with guests. All rooms are occupied, but then a guest shows up. Oh dear, well, what do they do? I mean, they should probably just say, sorry, we're full. I mean, they're making infinite dollars on these other people. They can afford to lose one guy's business. But no, they wish to accommodate, so what they do is they move all of their infinite guests to one place higher. So if the rooms are numbered, one, two, three, four, five, etc., then the person in one moves to two, the person in two moves to three, and so on forever. That leaves room one open, and the new guy takes that room. But then, oh dear again, the infinite bus just pulled up, and out come an infinite number of new guests. Well, they can't move all the old guests up to infinity. So how do they make room? Well, each guest moves to the room number two times their current room number. What that does is it moves everyone to an even-numbered room, which leaves all of the infinite odd-numbered rooms open for the new guests. So there you go. Infinity plus infinity is infinity. It's profound, right? There's probably a more important lesson in there somewhere, but that's okay. No! Like a real time loop. Somewhere between 37 and 38 minutes long! <laughs> no! Like a real time loop. Somewhere between 37 and 38 minutes long! <laughs> <laughs> No, like a real time. <laughs> <laughs> Solution three. Till Beth do us part. The lateral thinking puzzle from last time. Over the past few years, Beth has spoiled several marriage proposals, despite not knowing any of the couples. In fact, she doesn't live or travel anywhere near the places where the proposals are taking place. If she did live near them, she likely wouldn't have spoiled them. So spoiled in this case means like tell, like notify the uh, bride-to-be before the, oh, yeah, that's a before good the event that we mean by spoiled. Or yeah. like they're in the middle of it and then it gets messed up. Yeah, it's more the other. Yeah, it's, it's what he said basically. Yeah, the surprise would be spoiled. She would somehow cause the bride to find out that she was going to get yes proposed to did she know about the proposals that she spoiled i mean she would have probably yeah she would know 
But it's not like she went and told the bride or something. But she, she knew ahead of time. No, she she knew just about the time that she spoiled. Pretty him. close. Yeah. Did it was it related to work she was doing? Yes. So someone else in the same job would spoil them in the same way. Uh, yeah. Okay. Does it have anything to do with the internet? No. Okay. Did it have to do with an element of the proposal, like the ring or a photographer? Yes, the ring. Did she work at a jewelry store? No. Did it have to do with, like, I'm trying to think of what you would do with the ring before the proposal. Did it have to do with, like, size of the ring? Sizing the ring? No. Did she handle the ring at all? Uh, yes. Did she deliver it? No. <gasps> Did she break it? <laughs> she break it? Did no. she mess up the ring? <laughs> no. She wasn't local. If she had, so it's something, she's far away. She's far away from the person who's getting proposed to? Ooh, that's sort of tricky to answer. Does the location matter? proximity to them uh yeah well yes it it does matter yes her proximity to them matters does she handle the ring right around the time when the proposal would be no so well before the proposal she's handled the ring yes and does she spoil it and i don't know but like like handled is sort of a i don't know does she touch it I mean, probably not, but maybe. You said she worked for the jewelry store, right? No, she's not working. Oh, I thought you said she did. I'm sorry. No. She's not a photographer. No. She she worked for a restaurant. Nope. She worked at a nail place. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Like all the things that you do with your hands before you get proposed to. Does she say something that spoils the proposal? No. Does she modify the ring in some way that spoils the proposal? No. I don't know how you yeah, that's, do that. <laughs> yeah, that would be more handling than oh, okay. she does for sure. So whether she handles the ring or not doesn't affect the spoiler. I guess, well, I mean, I guess it's, I don't know. It Am just depends on what on you're handling? thinking on what that word means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just not like, but yeah, the... I guess she does handle it probably in in the most basic sense of the word, but like it's within the box. She doesn't. Yeah, maybe. The yeah, she may or may not ring. pull like have the ring or whatever. But yeah, it could be in the box. Her job, though, is related to the ring. Well, yeah, it's not. It's not really related to the ring. It's Specifically, like it has nothing to do with the ring, other than that the ring and her job do mix. <laughs> Does she work for the African blood diamond? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> so Beth is an African blood diamond smuggler? dealer. Smuggler. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about. Does she know it's a ring when she encounters it? Not initially. Does she work in airport security? Yes. Okay. Yes. She goes to the metal detector. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's 
a TSA agent, so she ends up spoiling it as she pulls. If she if it flags something in the screen and she pulls it out in front of the bride to be. Nice. So that's wow. why she would not be anywhere near where they were going to be proposing because obviously they're traveling with the ring. So. Um, wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. Bravo. <laughs> It's a good sad. story. How great a story is that, though? It's a great story to be like, yes, my husband had this whole proposal planned. What actually <laughs> happened was this other thing. I mean, that's a great story. That'd be so fun. <laughs> For the bride. Like, ah, gotcha. <laughs> the guy's like, you weren't oh. able to surprise me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You just, you like... Spoiling the surprise anyway. <laughs> you like guessing what your presents are ahead of time. I do like doing that. <laughs> I like figuring it out and finding it out. All right, three new puzzles. So the first two of these puzzles are actually puzzles I had planned to use for the Xeno episode back when I had first um, come up with it. And then the third puzzle is one sent in by Stephen Sneed. Puzzle one. Yay! <laughs> The tortoise and the snail. Let's say Achilles got pretty ticked off for not being able to beat that turtle in the race. So this time, the tortoise gets no head start at all. They are going to race from the starting line to a snail that is currently sitting 100 meters away. At the starting pistol, the turtle starts going at half of a meter per second, which is actually which is a pretty speedy tortoise, honestly, and. And Achilles runs at 10 meters per second. The snail, which was now terrified at the sound of the gunshot, thinks, oh no, I'm being shot at again. But hey, that's what you get when you're living the slug life. Oof. Anyway, he immediately starts to run directly away from them at a quarter of a meter per second, which is crazy fast for a snail. Now. Obviously, Achilles wins, and he's very proud of himself for beating a very slow animal. But uh, in, in order to kind of rub it in, once he reaches the snail, he immediately turns around and runs back towards the tortoise at that same 10 meters per second. And when he reaches the tortoise, again, he turns around and runs back to the snail, who is still continuously running away. He keeps going back and forth like this until that turtle finally reaches the snail. So the question is, how far did that arrogant Achilles run? So again, Snail starts 100 meters away, but is traveling away from them at a quarter of a meter per second. The tortoise travels at half a meter per second, and Achilles runs at 10 meters per second back and forth between the two, an infinite number of times, by the way, until the tortoise catches up to the snail. So how far did Achilles run? Like real time loop, somewhere between 37 and 38 minutes long, duh. <laughs> Cutting the duh. Puzzle two. Circular reasoning. Last season, I had a puzzle about word rings where you take a four letter word and then you find a new four letter word that starts with the last two letters of the previous word then another one that starts with the last two letters of that word, and so forth, until you come up with a word whose last two letters are the first two letters of the original word. So, from star, you could choose area, 
and then from area you could choose east and then you know from east to star again so that's your ring this time your starting word is Zeno so start with a word that begins with N-O and keep going until you come up with a word that ends with Z-E see if you can restrict yourself to common words so not you know super obscure Scrabble words but how many intermediate words does it take you Send in your lists. Puzzle three. The answer isn't Sleeping Beauty. So this is the one that was shared by Stephen Sneed. I thought it was a good one. What do needles, princes, and timelines all have in common? Once more, what do needles, princes, and timelines all have in common? I thought it sort of sounded like things from like Sleeping Beauty at first. I think she pricks her finger on, it's a spindle, I think, not maybe not a needle. I don't really know what a spindle is, and I'm only so-so on my sewing terminology, so I'll just tell you it's not Sleeping Beauty. But send in your guesses. Okay, that's it for this week. You can go to the website, braindroppodcast.com to get a refresher on this week's puzzles. You can send in your answers, share a favorite puzzle, or tell me an infinite story by sending an email to puzzles at braindroppodcast.com. Also, just let me know what you think of the show, what you like or what you don't, your favorite episodes, your favorite types of puzzles, whatever. I appreciate any feedback. And speaking of feedback, please consider leaving a rating or review of some finite amount of stars. All right, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Brian Hobbs. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) The episode in which the Americans all apologize for their terrible British accents.